Hey guys, and welcome back to the Skullcast for episode 92. Thanks for being back with us one month in. We're back for more Berserk. We're back on a monthly schedule, and things look good for the near future in Berserk. We have another one coming up next month, which is awesome. We are on episode 353, which is the main event today. Um, joined by Azil. Hey guys. Grail. Howdy. And Griffith. Yo. Griff, do you ever lament your username at this point, 20 years in? I mean, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, do I need to stop using this username just because of, like, the Me Too movement? I mean, no, that's not serious, but uh, it, does, <laughs> oh, shit. it does feel like, you know, it, like cat, it's got a different connotation now. Mm-hmm. Naming yourself after a character, it, 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 it makes an, like, some, some sense for a forum, but when you're on a podcast, it's just, I don't know. Like, just wondered if you ever considered. It is very all in. <laughs> just to yeah. be named after the character it's sort of you know oh yeah i gotta be the fan of this character okay but it was actually i think i've told this story before part of it was just that like okay naming yourself after like the main character is you know way too on the nose like i could have easily mm-hmm. just been like guts but i just like eh. but you know being griffith is a little more sideways and a little more contrarian because he was the villain it's true. And I think it's always it's always kind of fun to. Maybe I'm going at this the wrong way. Maybe I should rename myself from Walter to Void instead. Just you know. Yeah, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of you know visually have always been Void by just it's using true. a Void avatar. <laughs> yeah, for a long, long, long time. That's true. And I think of as is as Skull Knight. I don't I don't care what avatar he happens to be. You know, using at <laughs> any given time. <laughs> and I think of Grail as Monty Python. That's right, a Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yep. We're consistent. <laughs> and unexpected. Oh, very good. Speaking of usernames, uh, when I signed up for AOL in 1994, 95 or so, uh, it was around Christmas. I had just gotten the screenplays of uh, Star Wars episodes 4, 5, and 6. Like It was in one big book. And um, I think that's I think that's where the name Anakin Skywalker is first said in, in, a, in a screenplay for that. And I thought that was so cool that I wanted to name myself Anakin. So my name was like Anakin seven 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 or Anakin nine nine nine. This is when that. I was like twelve. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I felt really shitty once the prequels came out. Retroactively, that became... Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I did. I do remember that name, and I also remember thinking, like, oh, man, why'd you name yourself Anakin? (laughs) Yeah, it was a a long shot name from 94 era, 95. Whoops, that didn't pan out. Oh, well. George Lucas had good intentions. He always did. Yeah. Um, It's a green screen. I don't want to, you know, get too caught up in the personal things i did want to share big news from my side is that i bought a house i am officially an adult now congrats congratulations that's well into my mid-30s at this point and i have a house i've been renting my entire adult life so uh it is exciting um since i started reading berserk it made me think uh since i started reading berserk i was a senior in high school when i first started reading so i graduated high school i got a college degree i launched a career i got married I had a kid and I bought a house, <laughs> but that's just what 19 or 20 years will do for you. That's, yeah. this, and, and it can happen to you too. If you just read Berserk consistently for 20 years, you can, you can, you say, can I have credit success. Berserk for all this, all that we <laughs> yeah. it instills a good, a work ethic. Yep. When, uh, when did you get your house? I literally signed the contract like 
five days ago. Oh, so days ago. you still have to move and, and go oh, through yeah. all that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I just... Paint all that shit. Right. I don't know if I mentioned it, but uh, I think I did. But I bought a house in November. No, I don't oh. remember that. Yeah. So, again, it's oh, all damn. part of... Congratulations, everybody. It's all part of the berserk life plan, you know. <laughs> I'm on the <laughs> system with Walter. <laughs> Azil, don't you have a house, too? Yeah, I, I got it in October, actually. He's been drilling holes in it. Is yeah. that also your first house? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the first... Um, wow, so literally, like, you know, four months apart. Fucking hat trick. Yep, pretty much. Wow. It's all new now, Grail. <laughs> don't don't hold out for me. I live in Zuckerberg country, where <laughs> houses are, like, a million dollars. Hey, do you so. have a couple of million lying around? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish... If I were a software developer, maybe, but... Just a lowly graphic designer. Launch an app. That's all you got to do, right? You live in Silicon Valley. Just launch an app. Simple. I just got to get some of that uh, venture capitalist money. No, no, no. When you when you launch the app is when the company ceases to exist because the app sucks. It needs to be on you know spec basically, and then you'll get millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. I I need to get that venture capitalist money and then cash out and 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 uh, do what, what what was that name of that woman who was getting the blood tests and stuff? The Theranos. Oh, <laughs> I just got to get a turtleneck and I'm set. Living the dream. Take uh, take yeah. the lenses out of your glasses, even though you actually need. Them. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll start running into things, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna be renting the first for the foreseeable future. So congrats to you guys, and uh, I'm gonna live vicariously through you. There's a nice feeling about renting. I will be sad to give it up, honestly, of knowing at any point if the world explodes, I can just cancel my lease and walk away, you <laughs> yeah. know, with a bag over my shoulder. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. Cancel. You can just leave and you stop paying money. <laughs> you That's know true. Yeah, oh. I know. It's living that life. It's a good feeling, but I don't it have is. that anymore. I'm a, I'm yeah. an adult technically. Sorry for dragging this on, but like when the fires were happening out here, mm. I was, you know, it was right after I had bought this house and I was worried, what if, what if, this, what if my city's next oh, no. catch on fire, you know, an unstoppable brush fire and my house burns down weeks after I, I bought it. Yeah. Jesus. That sucks, There's man. Too many natural disasters out here. <clears throat> yeah. But it didn't happen, so. I'm glad. Uh, I only have two bits of Berserk news uh, before we get into full episode. You can really even call them news. You know, uh, this month, Berserk, the 2016 series, finally came out in Blu-ray, dubbed. Uh, I, I saw a preview of the dub, I feel like a, a year ago or so. It was it was okay. Uh, the person that does the Guts voice is apparently a big Berserk fan. At least he professes to be a big Berserk fan, so that's kind of interesting. It still doesn't sound anything like I would want... Guts to sound, but, you know, more power to him. If he likes you, likes the series. That's cool. Um, <laughs> Insert here the, the, if he were a real fan, he would refuse to take those people's money. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. I, I don't yeah, begrudge yeah. the guy at all for taking money. Um, <laughs> I do think it's cool, though, for U.S. fans, because, you know, even though the series itself sucks, if you want to own both of those Miura illustrations, they're on the front, the box with the front and the back, which is awesome. Oh, damn for it. about 40 bucks. So that's great. <laughs> Instead of paying the $450, I think it was, uh, if you wanted to import it. Um, otherwise, I cannot imagine why anyone would want to own that thing. No word yet on the 2017 local localization as far as I know, but who really gives a shit? I'm just kind of sharing the news here. <laughs> 
Um, the other thing is I did some, I did some number crunching, some real serious. I got my, my green visor on for this one just to make sure I got my numbers right. <laughs> but, uh, the number of episodes left to fill up volume 40, uh, after this one is five. So it once per month, it is entirely feasible that he'll fill it up by June with volume 40 out, you know, sometime soon afterward. The reason I'm adhering to June is because that's the schedule that Mir has kept on for the past two years. One volume per year the past two years. This would be the third. And I kind of think he's going to do it. It would make sense for that it to be that consistent. <laughs> so that means we're going to get four episodes and then a six-month break. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally possible. <laughs> Totally possible, but um, if th- that that would be kind of an unheard of pace. Well, not unheard of. It's been a while, but that would require seven s- sequential episode releases, yeah. starting with December. So probably not going to happen. But hey, my green visor doesn't lie. This looks like it might happen. So we'll see. Doesn't really matter. But trying to predict when it's, Volume Forty might come out. It's tantalizing. I don't know. Seven episodes back to back. It's it's almost too much berserk. But uh, we'll find find a way to cope. I'm sure. <laughs> Moving on to the main event, uh, episode 353. The title of it is The Final Fragment. I'm going to do a quick summary before we get into our feedback on the episode. As we left 352, uh, Dog Guts uh, was being enveloped by the armor. So now with the power of the armor behind him, you know, rips into the Apostles. He has the Dragon Slayer, which is wielding with his little tail slash cape. Uh, Bird Femto swoops in to attack Guts, but the dog fires a cannon arm out of its mouth, opening a small crack in the bird, revealing Femto's eye. And the fight continues unabated. Uh, Shirkane Farnes uh, sees the opportunity to head towards the final memory fragment uh, with the help of the Golems and Sylph's Hood, which is still talking like Serpico. Uh, to help him get around those huge thorns around the thing. But then uh, more apostles are created by the bird, and they're gathering around them. And it's just as they're about to be overwhelmed, uh, cherry blossoms appear, and the sovereign says there's one last thing to be used. And it comes out of Shirke's hat, which is an image of Flora. She creates a wall of flames, just like she did uh, back at the mansion, which destroys the apostles. I thought it was at first barring them. It looks like it actually destroys them. Uh, and Farnese uses Mazgus's head, a huge-ass head, to lift them up to the fragment because it was a height discrepancy. And they see inside, which is uh, an image of the demon child, which is kind of emitting a light from around it. And it looks like it's still in a womb-type environment. And that's where the episode leaves us. Uh, that last page was a surprise, um, for a lot of us anyway, um, because it kind of advances what we expected to see in this dream world beyond what I would expect, you know, a, this casket to be aware of, but clearly, you know, she has been aware of things that have been happening outside of her, you know, pre, I guess, pre eclipse memories given the dog and stuff. So that's kind of where I wanted to start things was overall impressions, surprises, feelings about this episode. I open the floor. Lots of feelings. (laughs) Well, I'll just start with, I guess I'm not as surprised by it or as, you know, I mean, I think when we say like stuff she wouldn't be aware of, it's, we're looking, it's more like a line in the sand between pre and post, uh, insanity. It's not that, you know, Casca, insane Casca isn't perceiving her surroundings. It's just in a different way that we wouldn't expect to maybe necessarily directly tie to her, her waking, you know, self, you know, previously before she uh, lost her mind. So, I don't know. I think my advantage here is that I look at things a little more loosely than uh, than certainly as. I mean, that's like you know. I think that's a fair difference between uh, 
the way we interpret the story mm-hmm. and why, you know, and I'll give the floor to him in a moment here to little transition. Just, uh, he is, you know, probably our strongest interpreter of everything going on and looks at everything very, uh, meticulously. And so this is, you know, with incomplete information and, you know, sort of extrapolating with what we had, this is kind of a left turn. If you, uh, if you were following everything up to this point with a certain idea. And so I'll let him talk about that. Though. I've got a surprise. We've got a zeal on the line. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you guys. <laughs> now, so, you know, um, first off, a uh, shout out to mage or, you know, one of our oldest forum members who actually, uh, guessed it, uh, pretty accurately. So, you know, pretty nice of him to do that. And, um, yeah, so I, I guess it's a surprise, but in a way, I mean, not so much. I say that because, Mira likes to kind of let the characters uh, take guesses and them to be wrong, you know. And here it's kind of what happened, uh, which is, you know, the girls were like, oh, you know, uh, someone she wants to see, it must be guts, you know. And then, you know, like as a reader, you're like, yeah, sure, yeah, probably. And um, even even the way uh, the sprite says it, you know, it's not, not necessarily the way um, one would talk about their child, you know, in Japanese. So all this kind of stuff was like, at the time, you know, it makes sense for it to be guts. As, as for the, 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 you know, discrepancy between before the insanity and after the insanity, I think it works here because it's, it's still in the dream world she's constructed herself, you know, the dream world was as a, as a dog, you know, as guts and, you know, her broken doll in the coffin, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's still the part of the world where she's, uh, interpreting stuff happening in the real world. Uh, but to me, the real question is, uh, what's going to be in the memories themselves? Because so far, the memories have all been of her life uh, prior to, uh, becoming insane and specifically prior to the rape. And even, you know, one could say building up to that, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see whether these memories will include, you know, uh, stuff that happened after the rape. And, and so after she went insane. And, you know, the fact uh, that last fragment uh, is represented by the demon child, you know, and that he's the one that's symbolizing these memories. Uh, yeah, it would tend to make you guess, yeah, you know, uh, the child is going to be addressed by it. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's certainly a possibility. But, yeah, it's, it's one of the things, one of my biggest questions coming out of this episode is what's going to be in these memories and how is Mira going to uh, reconcile the rape, which is obviously like the big deal because as far as we know, you know, that's what drove Casca insane and the child, which is a direct result of the rape and which obviously is a big deal for Casca. But, you know, how can he reconcile these two events uh, within one single fragment. So, yeah, that's, that's a big question as far as I'm concerned. Their mission here, as given to them by the sovereign at the, the very beginning, was to resolve the conflict that led to this trauma, that led to this, her condition. And I, I, I have to imagine that's the eclipse. It, it's not, not the eclipse. So they're here for the rape. They're here to resolve the trauma that resulted from that moment. So I can't imagine that the, you're going to tap this, you know, this memory here and it's going to jump into post eclipse casca dealing with the loss of her child. I, I doesn't, it, it wouldn't make sense. It makes a lot more logical sense to tap that memory and it begins with what led to the child's creation, which, which no. I think everyone knows at this point, but I wanted to point out in the, in the podcast that the child being the symbol of casca's trauma truly is really perfect because it's like a blending of her love for the guts. It's her child and also what happened as a result of the rape because of Pimto's taint who created that. 
that shape itself. So it's a nice union of that whole problem that she's facing, which I thought was really brilliant. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't see the child and think, oh, it's a shortcut to that moment. Now, that's not, I don't and see that. I see it as a through line from the rape itself. Somehow Miura will weave a, a narrative that makes sense through post-insanity casca to the birth of the child. And I imagine that's where the memory would end. That's still a really convoluted thing to do in a dream sequence. I just don't know how it'll work, but we are dealing with dreams after all, so it doesn't necessarily have to make complete 100% logical sense. Do you guys think that the, the Moonlight Boy will make an appearance in the next episode and make some connection there, or is that pushing too far ahead? What I was going to say is that uh, it's a good thing you mentioned, Walter, the, the fact the boy is directly tied to um, like to the rape, because I, I think uh, some people might not realize that you know it's Guts and Casca's child. She was pregnant, like it was very... It existed before. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very early pregnancy. And during the rape, because of, you know, Femto's evil power, the boy was t- tainted. And that's why he was born like that. And to answer your question, Grail, uh, you know, I- I've been wondering about that. Maybe, you know, like, maybe it starts with the rape and the eclipse and everything. And like, that's a big, you know, big thing. And, you know, if, if it's, if we, if it addresses uh, the boy, it might as well not just stop at his birth but also include every memory of Casca's life until now, you know, and, and which mm-hmm. all centers around the, the child, you know. After that, it's always been, uh, you know, around the, her son. So in that case, uh, yeah, I guess uh, the Moonlight Boy could make an appearance. But that feels, yeah, that's, that feels very complicated to me. I, I'm not sure how Mira could make it work. There's two things I would say, Grail. First of all, my short answer is like, I don't, I don't feel sure about it. I feel like it's a good opportunity to do it because there's two unique things happening here. Like first is the thing that we alluded to in the past episodes was, you know, now that, now that, you know, dog guts has the armor, is he going to be a threat? Well, Shirke directly addresses that saying it's possible that, you know, once guts is done with that fight, he might be a danger to the coffin itself because mm-hmm. of his state. So she, they're already, they're already raising that as a possibility. Whether they explore that or not, we don't know, but it's, it's there on the table at this point and not just speculation. The second part is the boy and the child have been in kind of an unconfirmed part of the series, except for readers, you know, like us that have kind of put two and two together. Mir has never directly addressed the connection other than, you know, fleeting memories of guts thinking about his child, the demon child after encountering the moonlight boy. That's really all there is. Yeah. But, um, there is one character, of course, that's never been a mystery for, and that is, of course, Casca in her insane state. She looks to the child, uh, the Moonlight Boy, just she looks as her, after her, you know, the demon child, whenever it's in, in, around her. So there's an opportunity here, if we're, if we're in her head, that that Casca could surface that for Shirke and Farnese to see without any question. That was my exact thought, mm. right. Through her lens, there's no confusion about who the identity of that is, which would be a revelation not only for many readers, but also for the characters. It'd be a huge moment. The question is, is now the moment to do that? Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily think so in terms of the pacing of the story, because as Azil said in several episodes, the focus here is on Casca. I don't know that now's the right time to drop that nuclear bomb of plot, plot twist. Mm. That being said, it's Miura's story. Maybe he'll find a way to make it make sense. Or just as, as an observer, I, I don't know that it's the best, but ah, fuck. I mean, I've been wrong many times before. He could find a way to make it make sense. Like I said, uh, the the fact we get to see the you know the demon child, you know, as the image of the fragments, you know, it's it's a it's a step in that direction at least. It's like you know, if he starts, uh, if you know, in addition to the rape and the eclipse and everything. They address uh, the demon child, you know, 
I mean, why stop at his birth? You know, like it could stop at his birth, but if it's going to uh, show her life after the eclipse, after she was insane, why stop there? Why not do, uh, you know, a montage and you, you just take everything and, you know, stuck together. And, you know, of course it could, you know, like uh, one of the consequences would be obviously for the girls uh, to realize that the Moonlight Boy and the Demon Child are, are you know, one and the same. But yeah, my, my big question is, uh, like what I said, is it the time for it? And like, is it doable? Because it feels like it's, it's like it might be very messy. So obviously I'm, you know, I have no doubt Mira could um, find a way to make it work, but uh, will he or will he wait a, a bit? Because this could also be addressed, you know, by Casca with guts later on after she wakes up, you know. There's, there's many ways it could be addressed and be very interesting. So it's really up to Mira basically at this point. I, I, say, I think it could go both ways. I, I could see it uh, go both ways. It would make sense uh, in both cases. There's just a lot of ingredients in this stew. It's just—it's almost a goulash. <laughs> back back <laughs> to the, the stew. Dream, the dream stew is back. Yeah. Dream dream goulash. Yeah. Well, I was going to say about the concerning just the I guess even going back to the beginning talking about the nature of the demon child being here. Sure, go for it. I mean, part of it to me could also be an explanation of like why does the demon child exist? Why do we see it here? If there's this sort of line in the sand, I think it's also partly because this might be, and this is just a possibility, it's something that sort of keeps Casca damaged and insane because it's something you can't really fix. I mean, it's a damage that you can't really get past. I mean, the child is the way it is. Mm -hmm. And that maybe, you know, and moving on to Grail's question about, you know, the child appearing, maybe Casca isn't so fully aware of uh, the transition with the child. Maybe it's more based on, like, feeling and everything, and this could actually make it clear, like, maybe there is some hope or possibility or some change that could, you know, help rectify that in her mind and give her a reason to come back. That's mm. just a possibility. I don't think that's like, oh, this is ex- definitely what's going to happen or a strong possibility. I just think that's one one idea. Yeah. I don't know what you guys think about that. You actually raise a good point, man, and it's kind of like answering something I had in my head, and I wasn't sure how to wrap my head around it, so... When they first arrived in this dream world, you know, this thing's been on the horizon all along. You know, it's the, it's the, in addition to being the final memory yeah. fragment, it's really the key holding this whole thing together. Yeah. My question upon seeing this was like, how does that make sense within the context of like, are the thorns protecting it or are they keeping that memory away from, you know, everything else? Like, what's so critical about this particular memory in addition to obviously being the source of her trauma <laughs> through the rape? Is there something about the child that, this part of her doesn't want to be rejoined with the others because that's really what we're talking about is her defense mechanisms to to keep herself Mm. scattered and not rejoined. So I wonder if there's something about her knowledge of the boy and having memories after the eclipse of the boy that will, that will be kind of like, you know, the key part to rejoining her, her personality. I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, this is a key, the key part, the key memory. It's, you know, uh, like I've been saying for, for a while now, uh, like what uh, Shuriken and Farnes have done so far, it's it's uh, good and nice, but it's basically only like half of it, or maybe you know like a third, because this m- memory is the ones that broke her and that like created this whole nightmarish place and everything. So, you know, my my actually my question is, you know, after after they see the fragment and you know they see the memories, they get the fragment. You know, they put it in the you know the coffin. You know, it it like the the doll is whole again. Then what? You know, how do they, how do they prevent it from breaking again? You know, and from 
you know, you know, being the same as it was. So th that's mm -hmm. my well, my big question so far. Well, even before we get there, what do you think the memory will encompass? Will it just be the rape? Will it be a through line from that to the birth of the child somehow? Like skip, you know, like a double memory, <laughs> you know? We touched on that while you were while you'd stepped away. I think actually. <laughs> oh, okay. No big deal. We can, but basically, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's problematic to do all those things at once because it'd be kind of a convoluted thing. But it, yeah. you know, it's it's possible. I, yeah. I think Azil, you're kind of erring on the side of why not kind of go all the way if they're going to open the door to the child. Why why stop arbitrarily at the separation yeah. of the two? I mean, I mean, it's not what I favor, but I, it's what I feel like. You know, why stop at the birth of the boy? You know, like, I mean, if, if you know, my, my biggest question is, you know, uh, how can uh, memories of her post-insanity be there? You know, like, it's it happened after her mind broke. So why would it be included in there? So, but if it's included, I figure, you know, it might as well be the whole thing. Because if it's partial, it, it doesn't really make sense. If it's the whole thing, it means everything she's experienced since uh, she was broken, is also included in that last fragment. So, you know, it's kind of, a, I mean, it's kind of, a, you know, weird logic, mm. but at least there's some logic behind it. But to me, what would make sense is for it to be just, you know, like the eclipse, the rape, you know, like the moments that broke us. That's what I expected originally. So because, he, uh, you know, the symbol of uh, these memories is a boy, um, I don't know, maybe it won't be the case, but I also think it's possible, you know, Maybe not very likely, but I think it's possible that uh, the actual child is not present in that memory, that, you know, it's not a focus. We, we do see the rape, we see everything, and maybe, you know, the relation to its conception or whatever is something uh, Casca felt, but we don't actually get to see its birth. You know, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not sure I'm clear, but I, I think it's possible. Not necessarily the most likely, but would make more sense to me because it wouldn't uh, include, you know, stuff that happened after she she became insane. You know, I don't. I don't think at this point. I don't think it's crazy to think that the true Casca, the one that experienced, you know, the golden age and everything else leading up to the eclipse, has not been aware of what's happening happened after. Given the condition of guts, given the brand, the coffin, him dragging her, that very particular image, which is pretty much his struggle since the eclipse, right? Yeah, that's that, that's present in this dream world. Yeah, in addition to everything else, seems to imply that the Casca we're trying to reassemble is aware of things. Maybe it's tainted or colored by however you know the sprite or whoever's on the surface of the world perceives events. But I, I don't think it's crazy to think that things post eclipse wouldn't be part of her her recognition of the world at this point. Well, you know, my point is that these are memories, you know, fragments of her mm -hmm. before. So that's why it would be weird for it to be, you know, post uh, eclipse. I don't know if you, you know, there's a difference between this world, which is created after she was insane, and that's what you know, like that's been her mind since then, mm -hmm. which includes stuff from after the eclipse to the part of her which is like everything we saw these fragments. It's all been past stuff in the past. You know True. what she what she felt when she when she was whole. So. Bec and it was all very literal and solid too. Yeah. Like whereas everything here is sort of interpretive, you know, everything 
then was just like a straightforward, you know, yeah. like a like almost like watching a, a short film, you know, like a home movie. Yeah. So, you know, we see stuff like, for example, when she sees the first memory of when she met Guts, you know, we see Guts' uh, helmet on, on top of his sword, you know, it's that stuff she never, Casca never saw that. She never saw his sword and his uh, helmet on it, but it represents that memory. So sure. m- my point is maybe the, the demon child is also represents the creation of the demon child, which is uh, what happened during the eclipse. And maybe that symbol was chosen because, I mean, what other symbol to use, you know, like a Beheret or something? You know, this one, you know, uh, makes the most sense uh, for what happened because it's very personal for her. So I I think there's a case to be made for that. So you think it might be the symbol, but not necessarily, like you've been saying, it might not necessarily focus on the child, especially not wholly on the child. Yeah, I mean, mean, it makes sense if this one's going to be the one that's different and the one that bridges the gap and reincorporates every part of her, including the part that's been, you know, insane all these years. Yeah, I just think like both both cases, uh, you know, make sense to me. You know, like I said, I also see, um, you know, everything that happened since then uh, be also included, and you know, all of it revolving around the boy. You know, in, in that way, I, I could see it happen. But uh, to be fair, it's uh, I mean, I don't know. It's really up to Mira at this point. It's very very hard to to be able to guess. I, w- I was kind of slow on the uptick, but I I got your earlier point that you know their their job here is to resolve. Up to the point where she, her mind was fragmented, which is, yeah. we know, we know what that point is. And what you're referencing is things beyond when she was fragmented. So how is that also mm. relevant to reassembling her, yeah. her ego or her consciousness? Yeah, I, I feel you on that. But that being said, I don't think there needs to be clear demarcated lines. Like if, if this Casca, obviously the symbol of this fragment, Casca is the author of that. So she has an awareness of what happened mm. afterwards. And, you yeah. know, that fragment is the creation of it or the, the, the form of it has taken the shape of the demon child. She's the one that, that created that. I think it makes some sense. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. see it working. It's that's, that's why I'm saying it. Uh, even if like uh, the memory doesn't actually include, you know, the demon child mm-hmm. himself, even if it's just a rape, uh, because it's a conception of the demon child, and because the, the image of the fragment uh, was shaped by Casca afterwards, you know, it, it it's it makes sense. You know, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be illogical, but obviously. When you see that, you know, the first, everybody's first take is, you know, ah, it's got to be about the child. And, you know, I mean, it's also what I think, you know, that, uh, in a way or another, it's, it's gotta be, you know, about, you know, her son. And, you know, it also, how to say, you know, uh, informs, uh, maybe how we are going to be seeing the rape. You know, maybe it will be from her perspective, but maybe mm-hmm. it will be, relating the child as well, you know, you know, about the corruption of the child or something like that. That might be, you know, I don't know, that might be what Mary's going for. Maybe she'll feel the corruption as it occurs, you know, something like that. It's, it has to be something like that because, like, Casca wasn't aware of the child during the, the eclipse. She couldn't have been, as we know. Yeah. And the fact that basically evil magic made this whole thing happen anyway. This is obviously not a natural occurring event. So if Mira wants to make there some be kind of some kind of awareness, then there has to be kind of like a, you know, because it's evil magic and it's because it's a dream world state and because Casca has awareness of what happened after her perception of that memory is, you know, she can sense the the taint happening yeah. or something like that. Maybe that's the case. Still, I do like, and I posted about it in 352. I do like, you know, the idea of, the, the portrayal of the eclipse memory being, you know, her seeing guts, you know, pinned down, you know, bleeding and crying. I, I think, you know, honestly, uh, I'll be very surprised. I don't like it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I'll be very surprised if 
uh, we don't actually get to see that. You know, her looking at him, looking at her. You know, I mean, I, I, it's really, really, I would be very surprised if we don't see it. But we can still. I mean, this is a, this is really a big moment. It's a, you know, the pinnacle of the whole thing. So, you know, it's gonna take the whole episode, I think, and. You know, there's enough space uh, for that God's part and for a part about the the, the child. You know, I, th- I think there's enough place for both. Uh, yeah, to to me, does that make sense? My, my yeah, my bigger question is whether it will go farther than that. You know, farther than that specific moment because you know the previous fragments were very specific moments, specific scenes. Uh, so that's why I'm a bit, you know, like. For it to focus on the eclipse and the rape makes sense because it's like that's a, such a huge moment. And in a way, if we start also including the birth of the child, I mean, that's another huge moment. You know, it, it's almost like it should be its own fragment, you know. So, and if we go far, so, so, you know, it's, it's really reconciling these two aspects that I'm, I'm not sure about. It's, uh, sure. Yeah. It sounds to me like the the burden on Mira for the next episode is to give those two elements the weight that they deserve in the context of a, a single episode. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's Mira, you know, he chose to do one fragment for a very specific reason. And he chose to use the symbol of the, the child, you know, for a specific reason as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, how to say, I'm not too worried that uh, he'll mess it up or anything like that. It's more trying to guess. Yeah, totally. What is cooked up is very tough, you know? Yeah, it's like I was saying earlier, like, I said in a thread, like, well, that was a surprise. It was a surprise to me, but it's not that I'm off-put by it. It's more like, I had a map of where we were going, and now I don't know where we're going. Now we're on the detour, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. It's like, yeah, you know, for sure, it's going to be pretty straightforward, and then, uh, uh, no. No, it's not. (laughs) It was a total game changer, and I was thinking about... Sorry. It, it directly ties to the rape too, while maybe taking some of the emph- emphasis off the event itself and more how it affected her. Yeah, you know, and makes True. it you know make and opens up that window, which I think is a probably a good way to approach it. And also, I mean, you know, it, I, just to get into what how Myra is going to depict this, you know, and deal with it. You know, I'm hoping it's not going to be literal. It's going to be more like what you were saying, maybe a different point of view and also how it made Casca feel rather than like, you know, I certainly, and I don't think anyone wants like a 20 page reprise of that event. Cause you know, it's just horribly brutal. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring that up too, actually, as and I were chatting about that the other day and thinking about, you know, how in depth and how detailed is it going to be? Yeah, and how do you as, do that now? <laughs> yeah, and I thought, as you made a good point saying that, you know, if if Shirke and, and Farnese have to live through it, it kind of makes sense that we have to experience it again, too, as painful as that is. Yeah. Let me know if I summarized you well, but... Yeah, yeah, in, indeed. I, I, You know, what I said, and, you know, my more uh, general point was, it would be a cop-out to not, like, show the rape at all, you know? I mean, the whole thing, you know, and, you know, these characters' development has been, you know, stopped for so many years because of that. And, you know, I don't think Mira's going to shy uh, from showing it. And another point, which, another point which is interesting is, I think the eclipse and the rape, as we see during the eclipse, it's painful from the point of view of guts you know like the reader is supposed to identify with guts who sees his girlfriend be, being raped in, in front of him and and so the pain is you know from guts side and i think there's an opportunity here 
to show uh, the same pain, the same trauma, but truly from Casca's side, you know, which is something yeah. that I think, you know, makes total sense. And, you know, I'm sure Mira spent years, really years, you know, maybe 10 years thinking about this scene and how to depict this. And I think it might also be why he chose to go with the, the child, because I think, uh, you know, he, he, might, uh, he might have tried to find, like, what would be the most painful for a woman, you know, as a woman, you know, as a female, you know, what, what's the, the most painful part, you know? And I don't think the you know, physical, you know, part itself would be it when you compare it to the corruption of your child, that kind of stuff. So I, I think that also might be why, or rather might be what he's going for here, is that trying to find really the, the most awful part uh, he could from Casca's perspective. A whole different level of violation. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think a lot of that could be depicted cerebrally. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. It would be a cop-out not to, you know, show it, you know, but it'll, I think that part will actually be abridged, like just the, the physical depiction. And we might get more of, you know, what's going on inside uh, Casca's head yeah. vis-a-vis, you know, the pain and the betrayal and, you know, the shame of it all, you know. So that, that would be an interesting uh, interesting way to go. It's going to be very tough, I think, uh, for him to depict. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it won't be like voyeuristic, you know. It's just... You know, I mean, I mean, even the original is very hard to say. It's very tough to look at, but it's not, you know, gratuitous. It's not voyeuristic, you know. It's it's done in such a way that you see it, but you know, it's it's really, you know, from the character's perspectives. It's it's you know, it's some, something to get through, and I think um, it's going to be the same here, you know. But you know, yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I, I wonder how difficult. Uh, it is for Mira to draw that kind of stuff. It's going to be a very tough episode for him to draw, I think. Mm. You said it, but I wanted to kind of reiterate, like in terms of it being voyeuristic, obviously not going to be the case, but not even possible given that it has to be from a mm-hmm. first person perspective. Cause just like all the other memories, there's, we see these things through Casca's eyes. So that's why landing on the image of guts pinned down made a lot of sense because what else do you latch onto mm. visually? That makes yeah. sense, other than, you know, Femto. And, you know, there's the, the, also, because so we're focusing on the rape itself and uh, and the, the child, because that's what is shown. But there's also all the stuff before that, you know, like Judo's death, uh, the part where, yeah. you know, she tries to, she's, you know, panicked. She tries to, like, she gets that one last swing and, you know, the, the apostle catches a sword in his mouth and breaks it, you know, like this mm-hmm. kind of panicked moment before she's taken then you know when she's awakened by the thing so just sort of general terror and helplessness yeah yeah i mean that's you know all, all these events that's that's why i'm you know uh, you know very hot to say i've been thinking a lot about how to reconcile these two parts you know, like the eclipse is already there's so much stuff to address uh, and and it's so delicate and you know it, it's got to be done in a very you know careful way uh, to to do it justice uh, so that, you know, to also, you know, bring in the, the child and everything uh, that goes along with it, it's like, it feels like so much, you know, for one episode. So I'm, I'm just, you know, that's a really the big question. Some of those things are going to be compressed, like, you know, Casca's desperate feeling of desperation, you know, similar to how the bonfire of dreams didn't start by giving context for Guts and Casca's relationship, it just showed a high point of the relationship and the witnesses sensed the atmosphere between the two. Because yeah. of their presence in the memory, I think the similar thing can be conveyed here. 
we've already kind of relived part of the eclipse, you know, on the outsider. They have True. just with, yeah. I mean, you could even see, didn't we, wasn't the count like visible in that throng and that mass, you yeah, know? Yeah. So it's like, it's almost, it's actually kind of happening, you know, right now. Yeah. Yeah. The counts actually in this one too, there's a page where uh, Dog Guts is kind of like, you know, howling at the moon while resting on the sword. And the blade is pointing right <laughs> in this Count's skull. It's yeah. pretty funny. It's I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was a targeted <laughs> attack. <laughs> yeah, Mira knew what he was doing. He's no, he's no slouch. <laughs> yeah, so actually what happened in this podcast is exactly what happened in the thread. And it's exactly what happened in my conversation with Azil about this episode. Oh, that's right. Guts and Femto had a big fight too. Why? It's not really, it's not really Guts and Femto. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's a representations of that conflict happening. It's, it's pictures for fans. Of them. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know, like so. Yeah, as a dog with a sword uh, in his tail and stuff. You know, I saw that it was cute, but I was I was um I was glad it was uh, just what it was, which is like some kind of a sideshow. You know, kind of a background thing while the girls get to the mm-hmm. fragment because yeah last episode i was you know i wasn't too sure about uh, where this was going so you know i was glad it went like that and i and i found the the canon in the math thing to be you know pretty cute as well as the mm-hmm. you know the fact it reveals uh femto's eye which somehow manages to make the falcon monster even more creepy you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks really weird at that point. Yeah. So there's one, you know, there's actually one panel, which is on uh, page 10, you know, at the top one, where you see, like, the really the silhouettes. And, and yeah, and the falcon looks like you know, almost a dragon, you know. It's, it's actually a pretty, pretty cool shot, you know. Truly, truly a monster. But, yeah, anyway, I'm... Um, I'm curious, you know, I wonder whether after they witness the memory, uh, whether all of this will fade or, the you know, the two you know beasts will still be going at it you know i'm I'm, you know as part of the things i'm also wondering is that is this done is this just like okay now we, we're done with the fight we're gonna focus on the serious stuff or is it still going to be there to provide some uh tension you know or something like that i feel like if it was just gonna fade he would have ended it in a more climactic way like leaving it hanging out there i feel like that means it's gonna come back in some way that being said that in the, in the past when they had summons take care of the monsters behind them they just walked away and that was that right they kind of clapped their hands together so mm-hmm. yeah, i guess it's possible but uh, feel leaving unresolved like this feels like you know, they're going to come back to it i think well i think it's just interesting in and of itself that the that the sort of the dark falcon there isn't like even concerned with them getting to the memory he's completely distracted by fighting guts <laughs> which is just which is kind of kind of cool <laughs> you know just it's like oh you know this is what i'm really interested in <laughs> you know, or, that, maybe it has to that? be. Maybe it's like Zod. And, maybe it's like Zod and Skull Knight. Like I, I need to get past you, but I can't because I have to deal with this well, thing. Well, you know, I also yeah. think like it, it did. Uh, you know, like uh, how to say scatter some miasma, which gave you know created some more apostles. Right, but, that's true. You know, I think uh, it's also like this is it's a part of Casca's mind. You know, so at the same time, yeah, like this is just dream world logic. But yeah, I, I think the what's cool about the idea that the fight goes on is that it does provide an opportunity for, you know, like there's some tensions, they got to fix it. And when they finally uh, manages to, like they, they manage to convince Casca to, like to regain herself, she just, like the whole thing just is ripped apart. You know, it's something you, you mentioned uh, in, in a previous podcast, uh, Walter. And I think, yeah, it would be pretty cool for her to, like, you know, it's like just in a dream, you know, something's happening and then, you know, snap and she opens her eyes and it's done. 
Or she screams and it shatters. That's, that's what I think will happen. <laughs> <laughs> Something like super over the top. It's a dream world. Let's not have it just fade away. Like I want it to blow up. You know, I'm not sure about the screaming. The screaming part feels a bit uh, cheesy, but yeah, yeah, maybe. Oh, I'd love it. I would love it. <laughs> I would buy into it. Oh, God. Okay. Well, you know, in, in any case, I think it provides opportunity for that. If you want to make it full circle, the basically you could make it where she regains consciousness, somehow becomes, you know, a player in her own dream and summons, you know, the moonlight child to sweep everything away. That would I mean that's messy. Mm. <laughs> that doesn't necess- that's not necessarily clean and sensical, but I mean it would pull everything together. I, kind of, I was trying to get around with that, but I totally forgot to finish my thought. But yeah, the fact that they're introducing the child here to Grail's earlier question, do we think we'll transition to the Moonlight Child? The threat of Guts or Femto provides that looping back around and playing itself out in the dream world is a protector here. We've we've talked about this before. Yeah, it becomes literally and figuratively what saves everything for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just don't know. I just don't know if he's going to go that route, but it would make sense. The, the pieces fit mm. in, in any case. If he goes that way. A um, couple other things about this episode in addition to the fight. Of course, we get to see Flora again. Uh, it's not necessarily the reunion kind of readers had hoped for because it's a it's a representation or it certainly seems to be a representation of Flora from Shirke's memory, not, you know, the promised, yeah. you know, <clears throat> we'll see you again in your dreams. What's amazing about this episode is Flora reappearing is like fifth billing <laughs> from the top. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know it's a big one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's it, it was cool to to see her again. Very cool, and it's it's nice as she just like the apostles were about to get them, and then Flora just like you know incinerates them all. So pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, I can't help but be disappointed. It's not gonna be something you know bigger than that. You know, more personal, more you know deeper between her and Shirke. So yeah. Yeah, is that up to us to decide how real this is or not? You know, we can say, oh, this, you know, you can almost look at it like, you know, Guts and Femto in the dream here. You know, it's like, well, it's not really them. Or is this, this is a little bit more actually her in a reunion with Flora for Shirke because it's coming from her and it's like her memory of her keeping her alive, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, this is. I I honestly have no idea. I, I actually thought of that exact question as I was preparing for this podcast. Like, I can't definitively say that because of the Sovereign's intervention in this moment, that it's not yeah. some form of actual floor. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, your your mileage may vary. She, she, <laughs> she does mention that, you know, she, like, it's a memory uh, Shirk is wearing and stuff. So I, I, don't, I don't think it's like, I don't think Flora, you know, came back from wherever she went, you know, to, to do this. I, I think she's truly yeah. a memory. It's like, it's like the other fetishes, you know, she got in her, in a bag, you mm-hmm. know. So yeah. well, that's my, that's my take at least. Well, even if she didn't though, I mean, I think I'm looking more kindly on this as like, oh, this is a nice, beautiful moment of reunion oh, yeah. rather than focusing on, oh, it's not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I see your point. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, I, I liked it. I liked it. I'll take it over nothing, you know, it's just, no, I could have, you know, like I would have wanted more, but she can she can still come back. Yeah. We need to get her and Shirke and Skull Knight and Guts like sitting around a fire. You know, the whole family. Yes, <laughs> Yoda too. The matriarchs and the patriarchs. So yeah, I don't yes. know how about that uh, that use of uh, the Moscow's head thing? You know, it's it's funny oh, wait, because wait 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 before okay, before okay. we go away from Flora, page fourteen and fifteen, the two page spread of Flora. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Flora's kind of a hottie, guys. Yeah, yeah, of grandma. course. Yeah. <laughs> she's really, really awesome. She's got the, the stuff. Body. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's no way the Skull Knight didn't tap that, you know. 
Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, the bon, the uh... bon Knight is back. <laughs> we were friends, just like you and she are now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean. Um, if this were a different you know, comic. Yeah, I mean, these, these were different there would times. There be like a little Skull Knight popping D- in the corner, D- like going like, oh, yeah. D- <laughs> different mores, man. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, back in the day, you know. It was a really cool moment for me to see this again. And, it's, it, you know, it's the same thing we saw before, but I, I'm a real nerd for, you know, an image of what, you know, things were like, you know, a thousand years ago or whatever. You know, that being Flora's young form, seeing it again in a different perspective. I, I like that a lot. I really like seeing it. Yeah. I, I do hope we get to see more of her when she was young in a flashback. Same. Or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, we're... Well, don't worry. You're going to get the... You'll get a novelization. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, ouch. Fuck you. Too soon, too soon. Oh, man. Jesus. I hate you for I forgot that. forgot about that. You just ripped off the wound. The I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I can I can ruin any moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Sorry. Mazgus. Mazgus, yeah. No, I just, I just thought it's cool. It, it's, uh, you know, it reminds me of a, a game mechanic, you know? <laughs> uh, where you you know get a stuff and it gets bigger and so I, I don't know I just thought it was very cool you know it's, it's just very a very creative way to use that little thing you know and you know I just I just like that you know it's you know in in these you know stories in in many stories you'll see a guy you know or a girl whatever they've got this power and they always use it the same way you know. And to see Mosgus that's been yeah. used, you know, like in very varying ways, I, I just think it's cool. It's the same thing for the uh, Serpico, you know, Cape, you know, who is just used to to help carry the caffeine and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know, I just like this creative stuff, you know. It's it's very it's very fitting for the dream as well, you know. It's also funny to see Mosgus being such a big help to Casca and her friends now, when in life he was quite the opposite. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he was a real pain in the ass yeah. back in the day. And he's being used, you know, like as a tool by witches. Totally. Which is, you know, it just it really doesn't make any sense. I mean, from his perspective, at least. So, yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> you know, and I mean, he's even got the little falcon symbol on his, uh, on his brow, yeah. which is, you know, like while uh, an actual, you know, the actual falcon of light of the prophecies, you know, fighting. Well, hey, man, he's he's devout. It's like a Tyson face tattoo. Like, he's not fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my point is that, you know, we actually got uh, Femto in a falcon form, oh. you know, here. So it's just, you know, it, it's even more uh, ironic. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the episode. Oh, um, the two-page spread of Flora as she uh, is facing the apostles. You know, like I said in the summary, it looked, I, I thought she was just going to block them. And so that's how I read that panel. I looked at it again. And the final panel, long horizontal one, looks like they're being kind of melted away. Yeah. It's, uh, it actually kind of reminds me of um, what happened at the top of the tower, uh, you know, in volume 2021, uh, mm. where, you know, you see all these monsters and you see the God Hand, but they're all made of this, uh, you know, specter jelly kind of thing. And I think it's, uh, yeah. it's the same thing here. You know, they're made of that kind of uh, miasma that uh, uh, the falcon is dropping down. So, yeah, the flame just melts them away, which is uh, a pretty cool effect, I think. Yeah, it's like they put the dream stew in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's cool because it brings to mind both when she blocks uh, Grunbeld and that scene you just referenced, you know, where it's like this this one form of, you know, like sort of one solid beast and then watching it get destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a thing that's interesting is that the Falcon is just creating them and it's like endless. 
So, I mean, it's nothing new, but it kind of emphasizes uh, how central he is, the whole thing. You know, he's got like this retinue of monsters he just summons, but uh, it's really him doing the whole thing, you know. And I mean, right there, I mean, that's already, we're already kind of, as you pointed out, kind of dealing with the ceremony and what happened and sort of all the bad stuff is coming from the Falcon. <laughs> you know, that's very <laughs> telling. Yep. Yeah, I don't have much more for, to say about this episode. Uh, it was kind of a whirlwind, and I expect 354 to be insane. I imagine we will start mm-hmm. oh, yeah. from tapping the, the, the fragment itself and, and diving in. I don't expect much more for the intro than that. I figure it'll be headfirst in, and the shit show begins, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's um, the question is, uh, like, how big of an episode will it be? You know, like, is it going to be, like, one of the top three you know, top five, you know, or is it going to be the next one that's the top? Because we're really at a pivotal moment in the series. And I, I feel like not just for this dream sequence, but in the coming volumes, we'll be getting a ton of really crazy moments. And, uh, but yeah, I think like next episode is going to be a really, really huge, you know, like, you know, seeing the rape again from Casca's perspective. I mean, people, a lot of people still reference the eclipse as, kind of this huge moment and uh yeah we're getting back to there and to undo it so it's like that i don't know huge i, I don't yeah. think simply playing the eclipse card again will make it a big moment but I, I feel like it's to me with the moment i think everyone is waiting for is to like you know look through the glass and see the casco on the other side you know that moment yeah that's no, what of course basically yeah. just see her eyes mm. mm-hmm. i mean i always think of her eyes basically you know, whether it's her, not even her eyes opening, but just, you know, a look in her eyes. You know, she basically, where you can tell she's there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Like, that's the moment I'm looking for. Mm, that's yeah. an episode ending image, if there ever was one. And that's what it'll be. And then we'll all be pissed waiting for the month. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, no. To go by. Because, because well, going, it, on a, going on a break. Yeah, it's, it's oh. going to be a nine months wait, you know, after that. You can <laughs> yeah. be sure of it. He wouldn't do that. He's, he's never done anything that <laughs> super mean before that i can remember well but you don't yeah. have a good memory that's <laughs> true uh i guess that's it that was shorter than i thought we would be but i think we've kind of exhausted uh what we came here to talk about so thanks for listening in guys and we'll be back in a month to talk about 354 i'm sure we'll have a lot to say regardless of uh whichever routes Mira chooses to take with this next episode so thanks for listening and we'll be back See ya. So long. Bye-bye.